is that they were a sexually permissive group. I mean, have you heard what they call their big meetings? Love feasts. Oh, oh, agape feasts. And so pagan people took that agape concept, instead of seeing it as a shared meal and the Lord's Supper and a time of worship and praise, they said that Christians were involved in immorality and orgies. That was spread around the empire. How do you get rid of that kind of stuff? The final slander was that they were anti-patriotic and they were a subversive group. Anti-patriotic, they wouldn't worship Caesar. They claimed that they had a king who was invisible, who died and came back to life and is now in heaven and they worship him instead of Caesar. Not only that, but the same king that they worship told them not to worship the idols of the day, so they were having grave economic impact in the empire. People weren't buying meat offered to idols. People weren't buying idols. So here you have a group that's burned down Rome. They're cannibals. They're sexually permissive. They're anti-patriotic. And they're subversive. Do you think, how would you like to live when people viewed you that way? How do you beat that kind of a rap? Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is going to teach this group how to beat that kind of negative press. How to enhance their image. Now, before we go on, I want to tell you the good news because I want you to know that what he says really works. This is written in about 64 to 66 AD by the time of Constantine, a very short few hundred years later. There's three major persecutions that are going to hit the church. This is the beginning of one. There's another one. And then the third one is even worse. But after all that persecution, the church following What we're going to talk about, the strategy to overcome bad press. By the time of Constantine, we have an emperor who publicly professes Christ. By the time of Constantine, you know, Christians aren't known as cannibals. You know what they're known as? The most selfless, loyal, loving people in the empire. They're known as a group of people that love one another so deeply they make great sacrifices. They're known as a group that loves the unlovely, that even care for the poor, that care for the lepers, that care for people that no one else cares about. They're known as the best workers in the empire, the best citizens, the most noble. Now the question is, what did those Christians do to move their public image from being cannibals, sexually permissive, and anti-patriotic to being the people who are most admired. Peter's going to tell us. But before we go there, could I make a suggestion? I'd like to suggest that the church of Jesus Christ today is being slandered. And that we have some very negative press that we need to overcome. And I think we need to identify that so that we get the full benefit of what Peter's going to tell us and how to do it. Let me make a couple suggestions that I think where perception does not meet reality. Today, there's some very nasty connotations associated with being a Christian, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ who actually believes the Bible is God's Word. There's a lot of stereotypes going around. And I will first of all admit that some of these we have unfortunately brought on ourselves. That part of the slander is because we have so poorly represented the Lord. And so we have to accept that. But here's some things that, yes, there's been some scandals. 
But as a general rule, the average believer in Jesus Christ is not as so slanderously depicted. Slander number one, if you're a born-again Christian in Jesus Christ, you are narrow and bigoted. That's how we're presented in prime time. That's how we're presented in the literature, that you're narrow and that you're bigoted. Why? Because you believe in absolutes. And so you believe in absolutes. And so when Christians take a stand on the role of men and women, the role of equality and love, and yet there's headship and submission, one to another, mutual communication, then we're anti-women. Bigoted, narrow. When we take the form of absolutes on the issue of sexual practice and purity before God, and we say that we love and care and minister to those who are involved in homosexual relationships, and yet we unequivocally say the word of God is true, it's absolute, and that practice is wrong.